Welcome to Bible Mysteries. You're listening to episode 42, Hail Hydra. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? Are you ready to take the red pill? And now, here are your hosts, Scott and Zena. Hello and welcome once again to Bible Mysteries Podcast, the show that reveals the things in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. How are you today, Zena? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm well. Today, here with the Warrior Princess to do some more red pilling. Yes. To our swallowing of the red pill. Swallowing the red pill because we're going to actually today is really a red pill. So we wrapped up our series on heaven and the mysteries of heaven. And so now we're going to go into the summer digging into some conspiracy theories. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Oh, guys, how did y'all like the mystery of heaven? Be honest. Comment down below. Tell me what you thought of it. Yeah, we do. Oh, and and, uh, this will probably broadcast after we do it, but I hope people will have enjoyed our live stream. We're going to answer your questions, and uh, that hasn't aired yet, but it's going to be Thursday, uh, June the 24th, I believe. It doesn't matter if you hear this and I have the date wrong because we've already done it. (laughs) By then, but uh, we'll be advertising that. So, um, so today we're going to get into some pretty strange things. So, you know, in the past we've talked about the satanic global elite. Yes, we have. So they're secret people. We don't know who they are. We know they have a lot of power, a lot of money, and a lot of control. And they love checkerboard. And they love checkerboard. Yeah, the the cult. We talked about their yes. symbolism. Mm-hmm. Right. That's good. See, you're remembering all this stuff. <laughs> you, you remember better than I do. <laughs> Uh, today we're going to reveal what I would say is their operational arm. You know, since they don't get out into the public and we don't know who they are, they're very secretive. So they have control of government, of media, whatever. And I consider them something of like the priests of the, of the temple, in a sense. You know, okay. They're the ones doing the dirty work. So we're going to title this episode, Hail Hydra. Now, I've asked you this before. You're not a big Marvel Comics fan, right? I am not. It's okay. It's okay. We let that go because we like you so much. (laughs) (laughs) But um, one of the Marvel characters is Captain America. And his origin was that he was sort of um, created to be like a superhuman, Mm -hmm. a a super soldier uh, back in World War II. Okay. So he helped to fight the Nazis. And... In the fictional story, what we found out is that the power actually behind Hitler and the Nazis was something called Red Skull, who was like a, ultimately a, he, he pretended to be a minion of Hitler, but in fact he was sort of his own diabolical thing. And the organization which he sort of orchestrated or developed was called Hydra. Okay. And the idea was their tentacles were in everything and you didn't know who they were, right? Fancy. I mean, not fancy, but (laughs) yeah, it was scary. And ultimately, good triumphed over evil. But uh, in this case, we're going to apply the term Hydra to the operative arm or the tentacles, if you will, of the satanic global elite. So that brings us to the word conspiracy, right? So it's so funny that whenever um, I think I posted on Facebook recently that the difference between fact and a conspiracy is about six months. Yes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> because at first when you say this, this is what's really going on, everybody says, oh, you're a conspiracy nut. Six months later, the truth comes out and you're proven to be right. right? You know? And I'm like, I should have believed you. Yeah. Well. So conspiracy becomes a real dirty word when you are the one trying to prevent people from knowing the truth. Yes. But in reality, the word is in the Bible. 
The word conspiracy is found several times in the Bible. Really? Yeah. So we're going to look at one of those usage in the Old Testament book of Jeremiah, one of those prophets we've read from him many times before. And we're going to start in Jeremiah chapter 11, verse 9. And there's a context here. I don't really need to get into that. It's just the Lord speaking to Jeremiah says, And the Lord said unto me, A conspiracy is found among the men of Judah and among the inhabitants of Jerusalem. They are turned back to the iniquities of their forefathers, which refused to hear my words, and they went after other gods to serve them. The house of Israel and the house of Judah have broken my covenant, which I made with their father. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. So clearly this has a context with Israel and their relationship with disobeying God. Mm-hmm. But we're going to apply this in, in a sense, and it will, we'll take this as a type, you know. You could say this is another nation, a modern nation, all nations, mm-hmm. whatever you want. And we're going to use it in the sense of the defining of the word conspiracy. It's used another time before I go into the actual definition of it, because most people don't think of the word conspiracy the way it's truly meant to be. If I said to you, what would you describe the phrase a conspiracy theory? What would your own understanding of that be? Um, someone coming up with a theory that they think is factual. So would you say that could apply to like anything? Like if I said, I think the moon is made out of green cheese and I can't prove it, but I'm going to start promoting the theory. Now, scientifically, we could go to the moon, take samples, which we've done, yes. right? And prove <laughs> that it's actually just made of dust, right? Yeah. But conspiracy seems to carry more weight of a secret. Yeah. Like, like something's trying to be hidden. Mm-hmm. Okay. Something that you're not, that you don't have much knowledge of. Right, right. So it's almost like you're trying to reveal that somebody somewhere is doing something wrong. Yeah, like the current conspiracy is that COVID was made in a lab. Right, right. And I think we're going to find out that, uh, well, we don't know for sure. As, mm-hmm. we, as we record this broadcast, uh, this date, we may find three weeks later, more evidence is going to show other things. Yes. But as of right now, the current um, investigative journalism is looking to see if maybe, in fact, it was created in mm-hmm. a lab. Whereas when that first was proposed, everybody said, that's nuts. Yeah. That's a conspiracy theory. It was an accidental thing that mutated from a bat in a soup or something. Yeah, and yeah. who's putting bats in soups? Like, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> Evidently, some people eat bat soup. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that, that enough right there is to yeah. turn me off of ever Ugh. eating anything. I'm good. I don't want any soup anymore, then. <laughs> However, uh, so now as things have evolved and information is coming out, maybe there is something to that, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's one group of people that are have investigated so far and they're not giving any credibility yet and they're being kicked off of all the platforms like uh, YouTube and Facebook and everything else. But they believe that operatives in our government, the CIA, actually created it and use it to attack as a bioweapon in China and Iran. And the evidence they lay out for that is pretty compelling. You know, And then w- the blowback was that we weren't expecting people to come back over from there infected and spread it everywhere. 
you know. Yeah, because so we it don't got out think of through our decisions. Exactly. Like, why? Exactly. <laughs> so that's a perfect example of a conspiracy, yeah. right? Or a conspiracy theory. Well, we're going to look at a Bible definition of conspiracy. So if we go to another Old Testament prophet, Ezekiel here, and we're going to read in chapter 22 and verse 23. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, say not unto her, Thou art the land that is not cleansed. And again, he's talking about Israel or Judah. Nor reigned upon in the day of indignation. There is a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof, like a roaring lion ravening the prey. Uh, prey is the victim, mm -hmm. you know, the animal victim. Ravening is like they're, they're eating it. They've killed it and they're eating it. They have devoured souls. They have taken the treasure and precious things. They have made her many widows in the midst thereof. And this list goes on and on. I'm going to read it all, but I want to, before I go further, I want you to notice that he said, there is a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof. Why are they using her? Her is a picture of Israel. And remember how she's referred to as like a woman that was unfaithful to her husband. Okay. So she's the adulterous nation, the mm -hmm. adulterous wife, and God divorced her and said, until you acknowledge your offense, I'm going to turn my and hide my face from you. Okay. So, and it's interesting because when he does call the nation back, he says he's going to, her name is no longer going to be forsaken, but it's going to be, um, oh, I forget the name already now, but it's something like either Beulah or some word that means married. Okay. Married. So it's, it's always that type in the relationship between God and Israel as the husband and the bride. Ooh, yeah, okay. it's really interesting. And then in, in one case, the disbelieving Israel is the unfaithful wife. And the believing Israel is the bride that he's going to marry and bring her back, bring her back to him. Okay. So it's really a love story, you know, a national love story. Yeah. <laughs> so the... Symbolism is a she, her, and the priests, or excuse me, the prophets that are conspiring within her are essentially the media because they're the ones, and they would be false prophets, and they're the ones telling lies, saying, you can keep on worshiping all the gods you want to. God's not going to punish you. There's no wrath coming down upon you for your disobedience. Yeah. That's just a bunch of poppycock. And so they're creating the conspiracy there. And like Trump would said, that's fake news. Right. Anyway, continuing in verse 26, her priests, another group that represents uh, the communication arm of the Lord, mm -hmm. but have turned against him. Her priests have violated my law and have profaned mine holy things. They put no difference between the holy and the profane. Profane means bad or wicked. Neither have they showed difference between the unclean and the clean and have hid their eyes from my Sabbaths and I am profaned among them. Her princes, government leaders, mm -hmm. in the midst thereof are like wolves ravening the prey to shed blood and to destroy souls, to get dishonest gain, you know, bribery, corruption. And her prophets have daubed them with untempered mortar, seeing vanity and divining lies unto them. Divining is like soothsaying, fortune telling. And uh, daubed with mortar. You've heard of dirt daubers, mud daubers, yes. right? They take mud and they build their nests. Mm -hmm. Well, daubing mortar is like, you know, you lay the bricks and then you put the mortar in to keep them from falling down. And it's untempered, which, which means it's, it's going like, to grow mildew. 
They didn't oh. treat it properly. They didn't do the right things uh, to make sure that it was a sound and a, I guess you could say a kosher house, mm-hmm. right? And so they're doing all these bad things. So notice it's prophets, priests, princes, hydra. Nothing is different. We're going to get into the modern version of that. You know, it was Israel's hydra. It was the operative arm of Satan trying to turn them against God. Now, is there a reason why it all started with peace? Prophets, priests, princes? You know, I didn't even notice that until you said it. <laughs> what? You have some amazing powers of observation. And, and obviously, in Hebrew, they would be different letters okay. to start those words. But in English, you're right. <laughs> princes, prophets, and and priests. That's interesting. The three Ps. I'm going to have to look that up. Okay. That's a good question. You know, there might, because even though in the original Hebrew, the words could have been different mm-hmm. and they would have had different starting letters, God knows what he's doing. He does. And so when he translates it into another language, he's using his spirit to do that in that language too. Mm-hmm. So from Hebrew to Greek or Hebrew to English or French or German, whatever, he picks just the right word to make the point. So I bet you you're right. There is a point to that somehow. Dun, dun, dun. So we'll have to <laughs> dig, dig into that, right? So anyway, he says they, uh, they divine lies, the, the prophets did, saying, thus saith the Lord God when the Lord hath not spoken. In other words, they're giving you a bunch of baloney. They're selling you a bill of goods. God told you it was okay to do this yeah. when God did not say that, right? And then he says, the people of the land have used oppression. Now there's a fourth P, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the people of the land have used oppression and exercised robbery and have vexed the poor and needy. Yea, they have oppressed the stranger wrongfully. You know, bringing that up about the three Ps uh, just reminded me of a book. And it's called In All of God's Word. And it was by an author, a woman by the name of Gail Ripplinger. And she's a brilliant computational linguist. And she actually goes into, she uses the King James Bible. And she goes into how every syllable was measured out perfectly. Because when you think about it, you learn through reading and hearing, you know, seeing and hearing. And one of the easiest ways to remember things is to put it in meter. And by that, I mean like a rhythm of a song, rhythm of a poem. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you were to try to learn, like when I was a kid growing up, we had this thing called Constitution Rock or uh, multiplication rock or something. Uh And they took music and they applied things like to tell you how to remember how to multiply by eight or how to, and and I still remember the preamble to the constitution. We, the people, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare and secure the blessings of liberty, do ordain and establish this constitution of the United States of America. Now, I learned that in like third grade. (laughs) So how do I remember that? I'm 59 and I can barely (laughs) remember where I put my keys, you know, because they put it to a song and it was, we the people in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility. You know, it went on to this whole thing. Well, so it's so interesting. They knew that back then. This was in the 70s, early 70s. So they knew that they could help kids learn better by putting this meter, this rhythm in rhyme. Well, the King James translators did that 400 years ago. So it's like, you don't think about it when you're saying it, but for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. And there's a rhythm to that. 
it's not a song, but yeah. there's a meter that you can measure. And it was intentionally designed that way by them so children could memorize the Bible. And I had no idea they did that until Gail wrote that book. That's so awesome. So that's just a little side note there. I promise not to charge <laughs> extra for that. But check out that book. It is a massive volume, but it is astoundingly good. Okay. Okay. In All of God's Word by Gail Ripplinger. Now, back to the point, though, because we've had several, that one of the things about repeating a first letter is called alliteration. And so it's like Better Business Bureau. It's yeah. easy to remember because there's three Bs in a row. Mm -hmm. All right. So we got prophets, priests, princes, people, poor. And that might be another thing that could be significant about this is that okay. to help people memorize the verse. Ooh. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So if there could be other reasons, but that one stuck out in my mind when you asked it, and I could start thinking about it. You know? <laughs> so he says, um, continuing in verse 30, and I sought, God is still talking to Ezekiel, I sought for a man among them, in, among the priests, prophets, you know, people, and princes, I've sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land. In other words, is there not one person who will stand upright and do the right thing and plead on behalf of Israel and say, like Moses did, please don't kill them all, Lord, you know, um, uh, do what you need to do, but let's don't let them defame your name and say you brought them out of, into the wilderness to perish, you know. And there wasn't one. He says, that, who would stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it? But I found none, not one person in Israel, to do the right thing. Wow. Therefore, have I poured out mine indignation upon them. I've consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. So in other words, I'm going to pay them back the way they treated me. They're going to get what they deserve. Now, all of that is to say that the conspiracy of our prophets in the midst thereof is just a type of what's going on now in the whole world. You know? Yeah. Because if God destroyed Israel as a nation, he's surely going to destroy all the nations for doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And that's what's coming. That's where we're headed. So that word conspiracy in Hebrew is kashar or kashur, and it means treason or unlawful alliance. Okay. Wow. So it's treason against the Lord, obviously, not like the, the country, because, you know, yeah. one man's treason is another man's treasure, right? Yeah. You know? So in the United States, they define treason differently from a legal perspective. But in reality, the treason is to go against the king, to go against the government. So um, we're leaning really close to, in this country, redefining the term treason as if you believe in the Constitution, you're considered a domestic terrorist. That's where we're heading. Now, why is that? Because Marxism is taking over. And since constitutional liberty is anathema to Marxism, they've got to flip the script. And it used to be if you were a communist, they would go after you to persecute you or prosecute you for crimes because you were threatening the liberty and the livelihoods of free American citizens, okay? Because the way communism spread was always through violence. You know, the Bolshevik Revolution in Russia, the Mao Revolution in China, and they murdered literally millions of people to exterminate them to make room for the new regime. And wow. it's coming here. It's coming here. It's part of the plan. Marxism is the thing that's backing Antifa, it's backing BLM, 
It's backing a lot of disparate groups out there that are being that are probably filled with very well-meaning, well-intentioned people who have in their mind an agenda of righting a wrong. And yeah. you could see, oh yeah, I get that. I, that should be right. And that is a wrong that should be righted. But they don't know they're being manipulated like pawns by Hydra and the satanic global elite to bring about their agenda unknowingly. So unfortunately, it's like it, when you're so focused on this oppression you're trying to write, you can't see the bigger picture. Yeah. And that's always been the case in every generation, every country. Every time there's been uh, a campaign being waged to correct some wrong and somebody with money and power has been pulling the strings. And all along, it's like Star Wars and the Emperor going, good, good, Luke, feed into your hate, you know, yeah. and they manipulate them. So it's all it's always been the same. So now that we have a Bible definition of conspiracy as treason or unlawful alliance and a picture and type with Israel disobeying God, how can we apply it to the modern world? Okay, so that's what we're going to try to do now. So we come back to the satanic global elite. Now remember, they are described multiple times in the Bible, but I'm just going to remind our listeners one particular passage. And by the way, when I mentioned those examples of groups that are out there, there's so many others. Those are like the current group du jour right now. Mm -hmm. But there's groups in every nation that are very similar in, in some purpose that they have. And in many cases, when you, when you look at the surface, you're thinking they're justified in doing what they're doing because they're correcting a wrong. And if it were just that, you could get behind them and support it. But when you dig deeper and you find out, no, their leaders are themselves false prophets leading them astray. And that's what's so hard for them to accept. The rank and file are doing what they think is right. And they don't know they're being manipulated. Yeah. They're being played. And that's, that's always been the case. So just like Israel, the people were doing wrong because they had prophets, priests, and princes telling them lies. Mm -hmm. And they were following them because they were leaders but they didn't know that what they were doing was wrong. Or they should have known, but they couldn't see the conspiracy. Yeah. Right? Okay? So go to Isaiah chapter 2, verse 11. And we've read this before, but we're just going to remind our listeners that ultimately God says, The lofty looks of man shall be humbled, and the haughtiness of men shall be bowed down. And the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. For the day of the Lord of hosts shall be upon everyone that is proud and lofty and upon everyone that is lifted up and he shall be brought low. So it's pride. The arrogance of the satanic global elite is going to be their undoing because they don't think they can be stopped. In some cases, they actually believe they're right. We're going to get to that. We're going to see, perhaps in this episode, that there is a group of very powerful people that form something called the World Economic Forum. And they really think that, without getting into the origins of COVID more than we've already discussed, yeah. they're looking at it as an opportunity to make a change. The Great Reset, they call it. But when you dig into what that means, you find out. Because you're thinking, oh, it would be great to right all these injustices if we could take a moment to just step back and fix everything and use COVID as, a, as an excuse to do that. And they're looking at that thinking, yeah, a lot of people are going to agree with that. We can put a sinister agenda or tuck it right up under their nose, and they'll never know it's coming. You see what I mean? Yeah. So the lofty and the proud are either believing in, believing in their own ability to never be stopped 
or their own mentality or their own intelligence, or they believe that they can get away with it and nobody will ever hold them accountable. And we might not be able to hold them accountable, but the Lord is going to hold them accountable. Yeah. So one day it'll come down. Now, that brings us to Deuteronomy chapter 29. We're going to go all the way back to one of the early books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, the first five books. Chapter 29, verse 29 says, The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Now, the reason why I refer to that passage is because there are secret things. God has secrets. That's the whole reason for this program, right? Mm -hmm. Bible mysteries. It's not for unbelieving people to know the depth of God's wisdom. They're taught by the Spirit of God. And so I believe that we've got that Spirit to show people, and the Word of God can teach them. But the other thing is this. Some things that God has kept secret are not to be revealed until it's time. One of those we've actually read, and remember we talked about this angel was telling Daniel to seal up the book until the time of the end, and it was like, oh man, I got a secret, I got to keep it, you know? <laughs> so maybe now there's this proliferation of information coming out that's starting to make some passage in the Bible make more sense than they ever did. We've seen suddenly declassifying all the stuff about UFOs. Mm -hmm. We've got this pandemic going on. We've got this reset we're about to start talking about. It's almost as though the satanic global elite is stepping out of the shadows because they're emboldened to push their agenda. Like they tested the waters and they okay, the world's ready. They're not going to know what we're doing. They're not going to know what hit them. We're going to go ahead full force with our agenda. And maybe now that they're doing that, passages of the scriptures are starting to go, oh, that's what that means. That's what that's talking about. And I'm not the only one that's seeing it. It's all over the world. People of God are reading things and going, oh, I'm connecting the dots here. So it's almost like God is starting to say, okay, now it's time to open their understanding and mm -hmm. let them see, because this is the time they need to know it. So that's kind of where I'm going with this whole episode. We'll go to Psalm chapter 10. And we'll look in verse 1. Now, this context is David writing, King David. And he's, he was going through a time in his life. And he was like, Lord, they're all against me. Where are you? Help yeah. me, Lord. And yet, he's a prophet and a king. So he's writing as the word of God. And he, it's a picture of something in the future. Okay? okay? So while he went through a real experience, God used it to write these words for something that would apply later. And he says in verse 1, why standest thou afar off, O Lord? It's like, where are you? Why hidest thou thyself in times of trouble? The wicked in his pride doth persecute the poor. This has been going on for thousands of years, right? Yeah. Let them be taken in their devices, the wicked that persecute, that they have imagined. In other words, let them be taken in the, in the traps that they've laid for the poor. For the wicked boasteth of his heart's desire. And blesseth the covetous whom the Lord abhorreth. Abhor means to hate intensely. The wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. His ways are always grievous. Thy judgments, God, your judgments, are far above out of his sight. The wicked can't see God's justice. They can't see it at all. Uh, as for all his enemies, he puffeth at them. Meaning the wicked puffs at his enemies like, you can't stop me boasting, you yeah. know, like, like a chicken breast, you know, puffed up. Uh, it, that's the old phrase they used to say, you know, chicken. Have you ever seen a chicken walk? I have. They kind of, 
they, they look like linebackers, you know, with their chest out front, you know. Uh, he hath said in his heart, I shall not be moved, for I shall never be in adversity. Can you imagine? That's the arrogance of the wicked. Well, it's no different today than it was back then. Yeah. Uh, he hath said in heart, I shall not be moved. I shall never be in adversity. His mouth is full of cursing and deceit and fraud. Under his tongue is mischief and vanity. He sitteth in the lurking places of the villages, like where you hide to, to mug somebody, you know, lurking in the mm -hmm. dark, you know. Uh, in the secret places doth he murder the innocent. His eyes are privily set against the poor. Privily is an interesting word. If you look at it, P-R-I-V-I-L-Y, it looks like the root of the word private. And, and you'd be close. You'd be right. But privily is interesting because a lot of times modern Bible translations will change it to secretly. And, and they're close. But privily is different because it means secret with an evil intent. Like, you and I could meet secretly and plan my wife's birthday surprise, yeah. you know. And that's not bad, you know. We're just whispering, okay, we're going we're gonna to get her this and we're going to yell surprise, yeah. right? But if we were planning to take over the country... <laughs> That'd be pretty bad. <laughs> that would be secret treason, right? Mm -hmm. So then you're talking about privily. And it's interesting that in Europe, or at least in the UK, a bathroom is called the privy. Why is that? Well, because that's where you go to do something that's personal and private, Okay. But it's not something you don't want the world to know about, you know. Yes. So, and another thing that's weird about it is like in America, we call, like you'll ask to go use the restroom. Yeah. And in a restroom, you'll find toilets. Okay. So in the UK, if you ask where is the restroom, they'll say, why do you need to rest? But if you ask where is the toilet, that means to them the bathroom. Because that's where the container is. That's where the device is. Okay. So they, it makes more sense to me, you know. We euphemize everything, you know. The restroom. Well, we don't rest in there. No. <laughs> you know, we not. shower, we bathe, <laughs> we whatever, but we shave, you know, brush our teeth, but we don't rest. So why do we call it the restroom? Uh, and then, of course, bathroom is a little more accurate, I guess, but then that specifically would just be for the bath. That's true. You know, We're so, so confusing. I'm telling you. So <laughs> words definitely devolve. And I bring that up simply because we were talking about the meaning of conspiracy, and it means one thing today, but it meant something completely different in the Bible, right? Yeah. So words do change. Privily is one of those words. Getting back to the wicked air, it says, He lieth in wait secretly as a lion in his den. He lieth in wait to catch the poor. He doth catch the poor when he draweth him into his net. He croucheth and humbleth himself. Crouching is like, have you ever seen a cat about to attack a bird? Yes. And the way they sneak up on they're it? Like, That's crouching, you know, because <laughs> they're getting ready to pounce, mm -hmm. right? And humbleth himself that the poor may fall by his strong ones. He hath said in his heart, God hath forgotten. He hideth his face. He will never see it. So the wicked, that's what they think. God will never, I'll never give an account for this. I'm going to be able to get away with this. Okay. So that's how they think. Now, in Psalm 64, we'll go to another chapter, verse 1. Hear my voice, O God, in my prayer. David again writes, Preserve my life from fear of the enemy. Hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked. Secret counsel of the wicked. Secret counsel. That's a conspiracy. Mm -hmm. They're meeting to plan devices. For control, for power, for money, for whatever they're trying to do. Yeah. They don't care who they hurt, right? So from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity, who wet their tongue like a sword. Wet means to sharpen. Uh, 
and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, even bitter words, that they may shoot in secret at the perfect. The perfect is a reference to the upright. Suddenly do they shoot at him and fear not. They encourage themselves in an evil matter. They commune of laying snares privily. There's that word again with a secret clandestine, you know, motive. They say, who shall seek them? We're not going to be caught. They search out iniquities, meaning they look for ways to sin. They accomplish a diligent search. They, they search hard to find ways to screw you and hurt you and harm you and do evil to other people. Both the inward thought of every one of them and the heart is deep, but God shall shoot at them with an arrow. Suddenly they shall be wounded, so they shall make their own tongue to fall upon themselves. All that see them shall flee away, and all men shall fear and shall declare the work of God, for they shall wisely consider of his doing. The righteous shall be glad in the Lord and shall trust in him, and all the upright in heart shall glory. So the one thing we can take away from this is though things are going to sound really, really bad, the Lord is ultimately going to correct it. He's going to make it right so we don't have to worry. Okay, so I'm going to use the term Hydra and apply it as those that are involved in a conspiracy of treason against the truth, against the Lord, an unlawful alliance, meaning an ungodly clandestine agenda against your liberty, your life, your righteousness, whatever it is, all men. And the satanic global elite may be the power behind the scene. But the operative arm is going to be Hydra, I'm to describe as governments, the media, corporations, mm -hmm. the entertainment industry, academia, and any, any other group that you might want to throw in there that does the dirty work for these global elitists. They're the ones spreading the mistruth, uh, promoting the agenda, uh, whipping the people up into a frenzy, fear-mongering, trying to be social justice warriors, uh, you know, and in reality, their, their motives are not good. They're not pure. They're not what they're saying they're doing, right? So these groups are the operative arm of the satanic global elite, and they infiltrate more than you can imagine because ultimately what their aim is is mind control to control you and me, to manipulate us into doing and accepting what's wrong and calling it right. Yeah. And you're familiar with the book 1984 by George Orwell. He wrote all these, uh, like a, 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 a dystopian future scenario. Mm -hmm. And he was off on the date. <laughs> he wrote it way before 1984. <laughs> but he predicted things like, uh, he, he called something Newspeak. And in Newspeak... Hate is love, war is peace, and we're coming to that. We're like we're calling right wrong, and everything's turned over. It's turned around. It's and it's and it's going to become accepted now. It's going to become the way. I think of like alone together. That was the promotional thing during the COVID stuff. Yeah, that's baloney. If you're alone, you're alone. You can't be together. That's newspeak. I get what they were trying to do. They were trying to make us all feel better about social distancing. Yeah. Right? But in reality, it was wrong. You know, to me, it was wrong because <laughs> God gave you an immune system and herd immunity is what we needed. But anyway, and I'm not criticizing people that did what they thought was right mm -hmm. because we were going to do that. And we, and we didn't know what to deal with when we first came up. You know? yeah. But I'm just trying to say in hindsight, we look back and we see some things.
So we're going to go to Jeremiah 23, and we're going to delve into Hydra uh, a little bit here. Notice in verse 20, the anger of the Lord shall not return until he have executed, until he have performed the thoughts of his heart. In the latter days, ye shall consider it perfectly. So in other words, one of these days, we're going to look back and all the answers are going to be revealed. We're going to be able to perfectly see that's what they were doing. Right now, it's secret. You know, we, we're trying to piece it together. We're trying to figure out what is Hydra up to. Yeah. You know, uh, verse 21, he says, I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel and had caused my people to hear my words, then they should have turned them from their evil way and from, their evil, from the evil of their doings. So it's like if Hydra... Had If journalism had been true, if the government had been right, if the media had done their job, they would have informed us properly. They would have investigated and learned the truth and told us the right things, and we could have avoided a lot of death or misfortune or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. Well, same was true back then. Nothing really ever changes, you know. So if they'd done what I'd said to do, then they would have turned the nation Israel from their evil ways. Am I a God at hand? saith the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him, saith the Lord? Do not I fill heaven and earth, saith the Lord? These are all rhetorical questions. Obviously, the answer is yes. (laughs) Uh, I've heard what the prophets said, that prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. And a prophet back in those days said, I got a dream from the Lord. And he told me, go ahead and burn your children in the fire to Molech. It's okay. That's how they lied, you know. You know what I mean? Um, How long shall this be in the heart of the prophets that prophesy lies? Yea, they are prophets of the deceit of their own heart, which think to cause my people to forget my name by their dreams, which they tell every man to his neighbor, as their fathers have forgotten my name for Baal. Remember, we talked about Baal was a type of Satan. So ultimately, what the media and all these arms of Hydra are doing is lying to us to convince us that wrong is right, to turn our eyes away from God and the truth. Because really, if we, if we did the right thing, we would be pleading to God as a nation to heal us. And we would be turning our ways back to him, and we would be righting the wrongs and the injustices in a proper way. So Matthew chapter 7, Christ warned us about these people. In chapter 7, verse 15, he said, Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. We keep reading that word ravening. Yeah. Ravening or ravening, I guess it could be. Uh, (laughs) And it's like when these animals that are hunting you down, you know, a wolf pack can take down like a deer. One couldn't do it. But the pack could. You know, one will bite its leg, another its tail, then another gets its throat, and then they, they just jump and pile on until they bring it down, and then they kill it. Lions, same thing, you know, same kind of thing. So they're ravening in that sense. Well, the false prophets are doing this. He says, you shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Obviously not. Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. Well, if they're telling lies, if they're not being honest, they're corrupt, which means they're evil, which means they're satanic. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about a mistake. A man can make a mistake. He can do wrong and not realize he was doing it. Or maybe he was desperate 
or um, at his wits end and he did something wrong, but still inwardly he doesn't desire to harm you or desire to do destruction or something like that. But these people are different. There's something different about them. They are corrupt to the core, yet they appear as though we're the we're the, the bubble-headed bleach blonde on the news, you know, <laughs> or I'm the lofty professor in college that's mm-hmm. trying to straighten you out or whatever. I'm the politician with the polished shine <laughs> shoes and everything, you know. He said, a good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Mm-hmm. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire, which means that's what God's going to do ultimately when he cuts it down. So by their fruits, you shall know them. Now, one more thing in Matthew, and then we're going to kind of wrap this up here. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 24. Christ said in the time of tribulation, which is coming, I think all this is leading to that. That's to me, the events of the world are sort of pointing to the fact that we're running out of time, you know, when the Lord is going to come back. He says, for there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Behold, I've told you before. So these people are not dummies. You know, a lot of times a person will criticize some politician that makes the news and says something that seems to be really stupid. Yeah. And, oh, they're an idiot. And it's like, no, don't ever make that mistake. They're not idiots. They're being controlled to say exactly what they're told to say. They may appear to you to be an idiot, but never underestimate Satan's power to use a moron to advance his agenda. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we, we do ourselves a disservice when we think that person's an idiot. Because no, if they're saying lies, they're being used by Satan and they're part of his priesthood. So we're going to wrap this thing up about the priesthood there. Okay, Satan's priesthood is Hydra these arms of the, of the tentacles, as, as it were. Second Corinthians warns us in chapter 11, verse 13. And he says, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. We have this distorted vision that evil is always going to look like a, a boogeyman. Yeah. You know, like a big monster, a creature. No, it could look like a beautiful woman or a handsome man who's telling you, vote for me. I'm going to make sure I, I correct this wrong. You know, or he, uh, they're, like I said, a, a, a professor or they're a, uh, a news media person or the owner of a social media platform. You mm-hmm. know? And in reality, they're either themselves corrupt or they're compromised. Somebody else has got their strings. You will say what we tell you to say or we'll bring you down, you know. That's and, scary. And we're going to, well, wait till you get into the next episode. We're going to talk about MK Ultra and the control of information. We'll touch on it right now with the few minute, a moment we have left. But 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul wrote, and in verse 1 he said, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, 
traitors, the very word conspiracy, right? Heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Heady and high-minded means heady is uh, rash, just uncontrollable, and high-minded is arrogant. Having a form of godliness. So you start to read this list of, of adjectives here, and you think, these are bad, bad people. Yeah. These are like the criminals on, in the bad part of town. No, he says they have a form of godliness. Who has the form of godliness but denies the power thereof? Yeah. That's power, positions of power, like government, like academia, like the media, okay? For of this sort, now watch this first. This is very interesting. Talking about the secret things belong to God. Of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And I'm interested in that phrase, creep into houses. Was that a prediction of television and radio and social media and the internet? You know, how do you, cre how do you creep into someone's house and lead them captive? Is this a conspiracy theory? Yes, it is. They <laughs> capture their minds. Because he says these individuals, these wicked people he's describing, are ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Mankind is advancing technologically every mm -hmm. day, but he can never reach the truth. He's getting farther and farther away from the truth, you know. I think I'm out of time here, but I'm going to go to one more passage in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3. And he says... In the past, we all had our conversation in times past and the lusts of the, our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Well, because we walked according to what he says in verse 2 is the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. The prince of the power of the air is Satan. Do you know what they call the, uh, the mechanism by which they broadcast radio or television or internet, the airwaves. I was going to say, no, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I jumped on, I jumped the gun. So. <laughs> but the airwaves, radio waves, Wi-Fi mm -hmm. is a radio frequency. Television is another form of another frequency. Of the airwaves, prince of the power of the air. He controls it, Okay. Wowzers. Yeah. So I'm going to stop here because we're out of time, but we're going to delve into MK Ultra next week. And we're going to get into how they're using what they learned after the atrocities of World War II to control our minds. Ooh. So you need to tune in, folks. Yes, you do. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. Please subscribe, like, and share. And comment down below if you know anything about MK Ultra. I would love to be educated with what you guys know. And as always, thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks again. Have a great week. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening today. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Bible Mysteries and share it with a friend. If you want to learn more, you can go to Unlock the Bible Now. That's utbnow.com.